Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, Adam, what about Jabari Smith, man? He's He's been really good over the last couple of weeks, or I should say last couple of games specifically, maybe the last week or so. His confidence, I feel like we talked about this as well on the previous podcast, but that was before the moment that we mentioned earlier in this in this episode with the, with the Hawks and DeJounte Murray, and really not just, you know, that moment, but the game that he had, I mean, like, let's see, I'm I'm pulling up the numbers here from that game. So so he had that was the game where he had 21 and nine. Jabari had 21 and nine. And then he had the double double, I want to say last night as well, or Saturday night as well. So that's back to back really good games from Jabari Smith. And I feel like the confidence is there and we're starting to see you know, starting to see more of what you wanted to see from the number three overall pick. I'm not gonna say I was concerned to begin with, but you know, there was a there was kind of just a learning curve, and there still is. Like, it's not like, – he's got a long way to go. Um, and, and you just look at him, you're like, man, once that guy gets an NBA body, it's going to be really interesting to see what he really looks like. But you feel like he's unlocked something over the last week or so. I think he's just figuring out what he can and can't do on the floor at this point. And, and I think for a young player where you have, you know, certain gifts, and his would be just the size and the length and – and and the shooting ability, just understanding that okay, if if I if I crash the offensive glass, I'm going to get a rebound. If I you know if I box my guy out, I'm going to get a rebound. I, I'm a very good defensive player, which obviously he is. So I, I think it's just about understanding what he can do on the floor, and you are just seeing the confidence grow with that. And and I do you know the shooting's been better. Um, they haven't necessarily made a point to get him shots, you know, but. They, I think the first, the last couple of games, um, he has started those games by taking threes. They've kind of set him up in the corner coming off of the screen. And that isn't necessarily for him to take the shot, but if it's there, he's got the confidence to take it. And I think that really matters for him. Um, the defense has been really good too. And, you know, opponents are shooting 63% at the rim against him or within six feet against him. And the league average for that is 70%. So we, we all knew he was going to be a good defender. It's just a matter of now actually seeing it. Um, the rebounding is big. Uh, first 10 games for him, he was averaging 5.6 rebounds, just one offensive board. Since he's come back from the flu, or really the last eight games, the, the game where he came back from the flu against Orlando, he only had the one rebound. But in the eight games since, he's up to 9.6 rebounds a game, two offensive rebounds a game. And really one of the big strengths for this team so far this season has been the rebounding. 
They are they're middle of the pack overall, or they're middle they're middle of the pack when it comes to defensive rebounding. But they lead the league in offensive rebounding rate. They're rebounding more than a third of their misses, which helps with a young team. It gives them extra opportunities, and I think he's a big reason because of that. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Adam, but that was an issue last year, right? Like they weren't they were not a good. I don't remember them being a good rebounding team. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I, I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a change, you know, and I and I noticed how drastically they out rebounded. I think it was Atlanta on Friday night, and like I don't know to, to me, and it would make sense as well. Like they've got, uh, you know, obviously the addition of Jabari and and you know, uh, you know, like it, it would it would make sense that they would be better uh, rebounding the ball. But to, to me, that's a it feels like a change in the in the team. So last year. Uh, they rebounded. Let's see. I just had it. All right. So they were they were seventy one percent on defensive rebounds, uh, which was twenty fifth, twenty fifth out of thirty teams. This year with defensive rebounding, they are seventy one point four percent. So a, a small increase, but that's good enough for eighteenth. But the big change has been the offensive rebounds. Last year, twenty six point five percent offensive rebound rate, and like I said, this year it's over 34%. So that's just giving them extra opportunities, which they need because they turn the ball over a ton. So where they are, they're losing out with the turnovers and getting shots. They're getting, they're kind of making up for that with the offensive rebounds. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Going back to Jabari just for a second, you mentioned him kind of figuring out what he can and can't do or learning what he can and can't do on the court right now. I like watching that process because, you know, I, I feel like the, there's a knock on him, like not having a ton of playmaking ability. And, and there, there's something to that. And, and I think he'll, become better at it or at least you know uh, not not playmaking i should say shot creation not being able to create his own shot needing kind of to be set up which i think is actually fine uh, especially if he's, he's going to be as good of a shooter as it looks like he can be but i i have seen some shot creation like or or him at least try to create some shots and um and and take the ball off the dribble and you know that that to me just kind of speaks to the confidence in him sort of getting a lot more comfortable out there um, just in, sort of in his role in the offense. You know, when you're his size, you don't need like normal shot creation because your size and your athletic ability really enables you to create shots in other ways. So I do think that part of his game is overblown. And frankly, on, on this team, you don't really need it because you have Jalen Green on the team. Right. You're going right. to be on the floor with Kevin Porter Jr. You're going to be on the floor a lot of times with Alperin Shingun. You might be on the floor with Jay Sean Tate. So you don't need to be, you know, you've got the other guys to help create plays for, for the offense. So I don't think that that's really all that important, especially with what he brings you on the other end of the floor. And the hope is that he'll be a lockdown defender for you for a long time. 
I want to give you a couple of areas where he does need to get better. Just going through some of the numbers. Um, he's a much better pull-up shooter than he is a catch-and-shoot shooter. So part of the development for him is going to be just getting more comfortable on catch and shoots. And some of that has to do with the passing. Some of that has to be with being in rhythm. I do think he needs to speed up the release on the catch and shoot. So that's one thing. And then we've talked about this before, but he's got to get stronger. And you look now, he is shooting after last night's game, 42.9% within the restricted area. There is no reason that number should be that low. League average itself is 59%. So the fact that he's, what, 17% below league average, that's one area where he's got to get better. We, we talked about this, um, um, I think, the first the first episode. He had one dunk at that point. I don't know if that number has grown at all, but a lot of that has to do with getting stronger. So this is some of the stuff that, we're, that you won't really be able to see until next year. So the stuff with the catch and shoot, that stuff I think you can really work on uh, during the season. But a lot of the development that, that you'll see from him will come this summer and when he gets into training camp next year. Yeah, I think it's important that he kind of just makes that transformation that we've seen Jalen Green make. Just uh, and I'm talking about sort of that body transformation. And that just comes from being a year older, getting a year in an NBA offseason as opposed to an offseason where you're getting ready for the draft and your first in, uh, NBA training camp, and you actually get a full pro offseason. And, and I think his body's going to look a lot different when we see him next year. Um, but for now, yeah, it's it's – very obvious and apparent that he is sort of a boy amongst men out there as talented as he is. And as well as he's been playing, you can just see it physically, um, especially like when he's at the free throw line and they got a real good close up on him. And you're like, man, that's, it, it makes sense why actually looking at him, why he might struggle in the pain area or why he might not have a, a, a ton of dunks and, and layups at this point. Um, so, but, but it has been encouraging to see again, the confidence and, and quite frankly, just the, the output that you've gotten from him over the last couple of games for sure. And it really, over the last, what would you say? Six, six or seven games or so. It's really been about eight games. And again, just like with Jalen Green, the off season will be important and, but he'll have a full off season. You know, you look at last year, he finishes his season with Auburn in, in March you go through the whole draft process, you get drafted, and, and that's in late June. And then you go into summer league. That's not a whole lot of time. That's really a, a couple of months between the end of summer league and, and the start of training camp. The, the rocket season this year will end in April. So you'll basically have a full, what, five months to be in the gym, to be in the weight room. And you saw what it did for Jalen Green. You, you've seen what it has done for, for some other guys. And, and I do think that that will have the same impact on him. 